0: Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to really just share my journey, to share the experiences and the things that I was going through as I learned to self regulate, as I learned to manage my emotions. And it has transformed into so much more. I am a 6'3 emotional manifesting generator in human design. And so this space is really just everything that I trial and error. It's everything, amazing guests coming to you talking about their journey, their experiences with emotions, and really just take what resonates and leave what doesn't. We're all unique individuals. And so we all have different perspectives. We all have different viewpoints. And it's really coming to that space where you can trust yourself. And that's where I really, that is my mission. That is my goal. That is my purpose to empower you to trust yourself, to find that space, to ground in it, to come back to yourself over and over and over again because there's so much freedom and there's so much power and there's so much beauty in that this journey can feel really isolating at times it is beautiful it is painful it is joyful it is love it is all of the things and we are all of the things all at once and so just have grace with yourself have compassion with yourself through this and I am so grateful that you are listening to this episode wherever you are listening thank you for allowing me into your day Welcome to another week, another episode on the Emotional Mastery Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about sober living, Uh, sobriety, my path to sobriety. I asked on Instagram if anybody had any questions, and I got some really beautiful questions. So I'm going to dive into and answer those as well. Um, This felt like a really important conversation to have on here. I know there are a lot of people that are sober curious um, maybe not even eliminating alcohol, but reducing it so that it's not just like an everyday thing. Um, and yeah, just curiosity. And with anything, any topic, I always try to approach things from the energy of curiosity. My mantra that I repeat all All day, every day, especially when it comes to anxiety or feeling fearful or especially when I fall into judgment is I am confident, I am calm, and I'm curious. Those three things to me are so important in just approaching anything. So um, whether you have alcohol in your life, whether you are curious about being sober and what that means, whether you are sober, newly sober, have been sober for years, I just hope that there's something within this conversation for you this journey for me has been a long, long time coming. I think with a lot of people, alcohol, it is such a common theme in our culture, right? I mean, it is just it, – it is such a normal thing to drink. And I grew up internationally, and so a lot of my friends were European and were drinking very young, so I'm pretty sure I had my first drink when I was like 12, I believe I got drunk for the first time very shortly after, maybe 13. I don't think I was in high school yet. And I was at a party and had to be carried home and just a whole thing in my, yeah, it was a whole thing. I was grounded for a long time and it just kind of like went from there, Um, the drinking, you know, binging and then. In college. And I will preface this by saying, like, I was a very shy child, very shy kid. Um, I always felt like I didn't fit in. I wanted to be part of I like I was part of like we'll say the quote unquote cool kids, but it never felt like I belonged because I just wanted to like read and be all those things. But because I felt like I didn't fit, I really leaned on alcohol to help me open up. And it just became like an everyday thing. And When I got pregnant with my daughter at 23, the idea, obviously I gave up alcohol, but it was, it was a challenge because it was just an everyday thing. And I remember at the end of my pregnancy, you know, I would have a glass of wine, like a small glass of wine here and there. And of course I would justify it with like, oh, um, you know, I don't know they do it in Europe or whatever it was. I also smoked at that time cigarettes. I smoked cigarettes, same age, like 12. And I quit when I was 28. So I am nearly 10 years, um, have given up uh, cigarettes. That was like one of the hardest things I had ever done. I remember like shaking and crying and I called my mom and I was just like, if it is this hard to give up cigarettes, I can't imagine how people can like give up drugs. Right. And the thing is, is like, especially alcohol is actually more addictive than a lot of these drugs that are out there. It's just legal. Right. So we do it. But yeah, so it was a really long journey. It was just so ingrained in my life in culture everything was you know let's go for dinner and have a glass of wine or let's just everything honestly was like let's get drunk let's let's do this and I think like honestly I had a conversation with somebody on the podcast and I don't remember if it's come out or if it's going to come out I think it's one of those episodes that is going to come out very soon but we were talking about this phase in our lives and um, I remember you know in college binging and drug use and and, um, and What I wanted, what my core need actually was, was connection, right? Love and connection. And I felt like if I didn't do those things, I would not receive that. And the only way to receive that was to do those things. So in those moments, you know, I think we've all been there, especially if you have, maybe you're listening to this and you've never had a drink of alcohol in your life and you're just curious. But I think so many of us have had that where we, we get drunk with somebody and it's like we have this super deep intimate connection and then we wake up the next morning and it's like that relationship that that the depth is no longer there or it's sort of awkward because you were operating from a non-aligned space and had you had that conversation sober you maybe would have remembered more of the conversation maybe it would have been more aligned energetically attuned or you know something Um, But I, I remember waking up so many mornings after having these connections and like expecting to have a deeper sense of connection with that person. And it was awkward or it wasn't there or they avoided me or I avoided them. And so it was like we're seeking this deep connection. We're seeking this acceptance. We're seeking to be seen and to be heard. And especially, like I said, for me, I was so shy. And so when I went out and I was drinking, it like gave me a voice. I felt like it gave me a voice. So I was able to act in a way that I didn't normally act. I was able to say things that I would never normally have said. And since I have been, it's been five months, I haven't had a drink. And it was honestly, so this is the second round, I suppose, of, of trying this. In 2020, I started meditating very consistently. Before then, I was on my spiritual journey, but I wasn't consistent with it. I wasn't consistently meditating. It was here and there. I really struggled with it. I started to sort of feel like alcohol no longer had a space in my life. I was – hangovers were getting worse. I would kind of have that feeling, that like guilt when I was doing it, when I was drinking or when I knew I was drinking. I was hanging out with people I didn't necessarily want to hang out with. I think I was just getting really aware of my patterns. And then 2020 hit and I started meditating a lot more. I also simultaneously started drinking a little bit more because we were at home. We were quarantined. So it was kind of like, what am I going to do? But it was like, I actually don't know if I started drinking more. I think because I was meditating more, I would meditate, make sure I meditated before I would drink. And so, maybe it was more in frequency, but less in quantity. But so that kind of started my journey, journey, and really showed me that this was something I really wanted to leave behind. It was something that was no longer serving me. Especially, I was just—I think I had—I think I had finished up my certification um, for my holistic health coaching. I think, or no, I, I had finished that up, but I was getting my uh, um, my second certification in gut health. And really, really diving in, of course, I'm always diving in on astrology, human design. The podcast was actually, at that point, I had taken a pause in the podcast because I spent the first like year and a half of the podcast, I was doing all these episodes, not super consistently. I think I was doing it every week. Sometimes I would take a week off. Sometimes I wouldn't. But I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't promoting it. I didn't really tell anybody. So it was sort of like literally like an online journal, right? I was just like coming here to, to, to talk about things that were important to me that I felt passionate about, that I was learning about. And I would get really frustrated by the numbers, right? But yet I was getting frustrated by numbers, but I wasn't telling anybody about it. So I was sort of at this weird phase. It was a really, really difficult point in my life. I was dating somebody that was really, really pulling out the anxious side of me. All of my triggers from past relationships that I had not dealt with were coming up. And as I've now learned, part of the fearful avoidant attachment style is that we can be relatively neutral when we are single, right? And I've noticed that pattern now, but with awareness, I'm like, okay, so when I do begin to date somebody, kind of keeping that in mind. But I had been single for like two and a half years, and then I started to date somebody in 2019, like the end, and literally like the last weekend in 2019. And so this was 2020 and uh, quarantine was happening. And so I was really, really feeling this anxious part of me like coming out. A lot of triggers happening. Meditation was helping with that. But also because I was very uncomfortable in like who I was, I was still just like drinking to show up and dating and whatever. So, So yeah, so I started meditating more. 2020 happened. I was at home a lot more. But I was simultaneously trying to really stick to my path of what I felt in deepening my spirituality and then being in like limbo with this, like deeply spiritual, whatever. I think it was that year I went down to Austin by myself. I was, yeah, I think that was that year. I went down to Austin to get some boudoir photo shoots done just for me because I wanted to. And um, I remember like I went out by myself, I drank. And I went back to the hotel room and I just like cried. I think I cried that whole weekend. And it was by myself. And I just, I kept numbing it with alcohol. And that just really showed me something needed to change. Something needed to shift. Like I kept ending up in these spots where I was like, I would numb with alcohol. Then I would spend my entire night crying. And then I would feel like shit the next day. And then I wouldn't be productive. I was Canceling calls or canceling sessions because I was hungover and i'm so not in my energetic space when i'm hungover like I can't think I can't focus I get anxious And so it was like my business was going nowhere because I was in this space where I just was like My self-worth was getting a lot better than it was But all these triggers were coming up and instead of facing them Like I thought I was facing them because I was journaling on them. I was meditating on them I was doing all of these things yet simultaneously consuming alcohol to numb. So it was like, it's sort of like progress is progress. Little steps take you forward. And this was my journey and my in my path. And it, I was still taking those baby steps because the awareness was there where it hadn't been there before. Yet I wasn't able to let go of the numbing, not skills, the numbing tools that I had for so much of my life. So that year... I was trying to focus on my business. I was unemployed, all the things that happened in 2020. But I also felt just like a deep expansion in my spirituality. Again, I had finished up all my certifications. I was really working on all the back-end stuff for my business, getting the website going, getting really, really investing, really – I'd given up – gosh, 2020, honestly, time – man, 2020 and 2021 are sort of a blur because 2021 – was when I did the um coaching or uh, I did the podcast accelerator program. So it must have been yeah gosh 2021's like a blur I, I remember I did I finished up my certification program then and then I yeah I think I was I think I was drinking that whole year but there was something in me that was like that that wanted to let go of it a little bit. And I yeah it wasn't that year so then I started bartending. Yeah, I started bartending at the end of 2020. And I had probably the worst. This was really what showed me. And of course, it, well, no, it was St. Patty's Day. I don't remember if St. Patty's Day is Pisces or Aries. Um, I think it's the beginning. I think it's like March 17th. So yeah, it would have been in Pisces season. And Pisces for me is very. I have Jupiter and Pisces in my eighth house. And Pisces, the shadow of Pisces, is codependence and addiction. So it's drugs, it's alcohol. Um, and eighth house is essentially drugs, sex and rock and roll. So it's all those things. Jupiter's there. So Jupiter just like expands on it. And it's sort of like, you know, when I look back on my life, like a lot of things that I had gone through, like, yes, I had definitely had like super low, low, mon- low moments in hindsight. Like, yes, I was definitely depressed during por- portions of my life, but yet I always had this like cup half full mentality and things didn't seem so bad. Like while I was in it, um, Or maybe in hindsight, I I don't know. I I don't know if my wording and expressing how that actually showed up for me is accurate because I, um, of course, like I had some really, really low moments, really low moments in my life. So I'm not like saying I didn't feel, but I always, I guess I always felt like there was something on the other side. I always had a reason to keep going. I could like wake up and be like, man, I feel like shit. I'm so low. Like I fucking hate my life. Like this has to end, right? Like there has to be something on the other side of this. So in that sense, Jupiter has always kind of made me feel, and I think people who have like heavy Scorpio energy, um, heavy eighth house energy, just sort of like almost thrive in that energy because they're just, it's it's a part of their personality, right? It's part of who they are. So yeah, so that St. That Patty's Day in 2021, I was working a party and it was like a whole thing. And I don't even know how much I drank. I literally blacked out at one point, which to me, I don't really do that. I There's maybe like a handful, if that, in my whole life where I've experienced that. So in, reflection, in reflecting, sometimes I wonder if I was roofied that night, but I did, like I was home. I did go home. Anyway, long story. But um, But I literally the next day could not get out of bed without throwing up, without, like, I couldn't even, like, move. I couldn't get my kids to school. And I was just, I had that moment where I was just, like, that was, like, a rock bottom to me. I felt awful for days. Like, that day was the worst. Like, my friend, who doesn't even live near me, had to send me, like, medicine just to, like, feel better. Like, anti nausea medication, like, electrolytes. Because those aren't, like, I don't, I don't really take medication. and, And anyway, So that was just, like, the lowest. I, I like, literally have never – I probably had alcohol, alcohol poisoning, have never felt, like, that bad in my recent memory of, like, anything. I can think of one other time in, like, high school when I got really, really badly drunk like that. But that was just my moment where I was like, fuck, like, this is not how I want to live my life. Like, being unproductive, not being able to do like feeling like shit. And again, like we all have our journey. We all have our process and like alcohol may not be like bad. I'm air quoting it like to you in that sense. You may be just a casual drinker, just drink here and there and to each their own, right? Like everyone is so uniquely in different and i believe if you are drinking like just for the pure enjoyment of it your body's going to know what to do with it you're probably just going to have the one drink you're not using it for coping you're not using it to numb out like that's fine i personally got to the point where i was feeling so much shame within myself for even having a drink cuz i knew i wanted to quit yet i my my like i guess like in hindsight like i never ever would have called myself an alcoholic like by any means that was like not a word like i would have associated with the way that i drank but like in hindsight like i i was in a in a sense, and that's actually really hard to say. But I do like, yeah i I functioned in social situations and even at home. Like, so so M- March, so that happened that same Patty's Day, and I was just like, man, something's got to change. And I kept drinking up until that summer. It was, but I was drinking less frequently and feeling a little bit better about it then I would go on a date and get drunk and it was fun and but then I'd feel bad the next day and I'd be emotional and it was the whole cycle in the spiral and that was part of my thing right it was like especially with a specific person it, it, it it's like it, it um it kept my codependence codependent habits personality because I have that within me it kept it present because it was like we would have this like great night. I would have so much fun, all the things, and then the next day, I wouldn't. I would feel that anxious part of me—not just like physically anxious, but the anxious attachment style would be like I would want to text and I would want to call, but I'm fearful avoidance. So then I get like stubborn about those things. But it was literally emotional, internal chaos, absolute chaos, and it was like anytime I would sit down and be like, "Who do I need to be now?" to be the person I want to be? Who do I need to be now to manifest the things that I want? Who do I need to be now to have the career that I want? And I was embodying none of those things. And so that summer, um, I think it was June until the end of August. So June until maybe like beginning of September. I think it was th- uh, June, June, July, August. Yeah, it was June to August. So uh, three months. Um, so I gave up alcohol for three months and I felt great. It was like, I got the taste of like what it actually felt like, but I would still like people would drink and I was still kind of like have the craving for it. Um, I was, I was bartending at the time. And so I don't know that I really like tasted drinks there, but like, I, I felt like, um, I was missing out on things if I wasn't drinking. And then, so I just, I don't know, one night I had a drink and that was kind of the end of it for that whole. Um, so that was 2021 up until, Yeah. My last drink was the end of September 27th of 2022. So about a year, I continued to drink. Longer would go in between it. I stopped drinking at home, which was really big for me because I used to drink. I would literally just sit here and have have wine um, on my off time. And so I stopped drinking at home. And then I just felt like the more I tuned into my body. So actually, what started it for me, so February 2022, I got off birth control. And it literally... Opened my connection with my sacral. It opened my connection with my body. And I'm a manifesting generator. So the sacral is so important, right? Like I still have to run things through my emotions because I'm emotional authority, but tuning into that sacral and understanding what that response is, what that feels like, to be able to actually function from that space, like as a manifesting generator, I need to wait to respond. I need to know what is there to respond to, right? So to function correctly within my energy was like, wow. I actually feel like I get it now, right? And that took like getting off birth control to open up my sacral. Cause the sacral is like force energy, workforce energy energy, sexuality and fertility. It rules these sex organs. Um, and so yeah, freeing that was powerful. I simultaneously started microdosing at that time, which allowed me to perceive my emotions from like outside of myself. It was like I could see myself cycling through these emotions and like, but I would feel them, I would go through them, but I w- it's like I was witnessing them from outside of myself, and I was able to kind of put them in perspective and be like, wow. And then I just started, I, I was still meditating consistently, I was going through different programs, I was really, really investing in my spiritual self, my business, I was going through programs. and. It was just a thing that I felt like, especially, especially with my business, where I would be like, okay, got a recorded episode tonight. I have to edit an episode. I have to do all these things. I want to make courses. I want to write blogs. I want to do the newsletter, like all of these things that I had that I wanted to do. It was like after work or something, I would go and have a glass of wine, and then I would do nothing because I would get home and I'd be like, well, I'll just have another drink because my, you know, my day's whatever. And it just like slowly just it didn't feel good anymore I knew where I wanted to go and so I started to like slowly release it I would go like a week here and there without alcohol and then have it again and then I you know I in September this was like the last uh, last draw for me I guess last straw I don't know if it's draw straw the <laughs> last straw I the same individual that I spoke to earlier um, that I had started dating I was not actively dating this year but we were still in contact we would have sex every now and again but my emotions were still all over the place about this person and we hadn't talked in a long time and I remember like I just I I had a drink and I got like so mad and I was like stop talking to me (laughs) like I just kind of like had that moment and like my emotions flared up. And I woke up the next day and I was just like, Rochelle, would you have said that sober or would you even have responded or reacted in that way sober? And... Something just shifted, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. Like, I feel so much better not drinking. And I was simultaneously around the same time reading books to help me quit drinking. So Alan Carr's book, I think it's How to Quit Drinking. I think it's what it called. I'll link it down. And then there's another one I can't remember what it's called, but I will link it in the show notes because it was a really, really good one. It was the first one that I read um, that had to do with giving up alcohol, and it was just had a lot of facts about what alcohol does to your body. I mean, it's really it's toxic. It's horrible. Um, but again, as with our food. From an energetic energetic perspective, and if you listen to Abraham Hicks, a lot of people ask about you know like wine and certain foods, and it's a lot of it's the energy you're bringing to it. You can bless it before you eat it, and it shifts the the, the frequency, the vibration within it. Um, so again, if you're coming from the space of like neutrality, and you're just enjoying it to enjoy it, and like honestly, like in when I perceive my future, like I would love to be able to go on a vacation with a partner and just have a glass of wine, and not it it not be a thing, right? And not be like this shameful thing, like oh my gosh, I haven't had a drink, and you know. Um, um, so so yeah, um but like right now I feel so good. the first month was really hard. I'm not even gonna lie really, hard, but I told everyone around me um and one of the questions I got on Instagram since I'm sort of at this part in the story, I guess I'll answer it one of the questions I got on Instagram, and I'll read it verbatim here, was, yeah, one of the questions I got was was how how to deal with uh, pressure in social situations. And so when I first gave it up, this was really difficult. But I told everybody that I normally hang out with, I told my family that I was not drinking for the month. I was like, I'm going to do sober October. So it was just sort of like a thing, a monthly thing. And I set that timeframe of like, okay, I'm just going to do it for this amount of time. And so, nobody really asked me to go out and drink. Uh, there was no pressure from my family. Like, they would, my, like, my mom would offer me, be like, hey, I know you said that. Just want to, like, just want to make sure I'm offering you something and not like making you feel like I'm excluding you, right? Which I appreciate. But um, so that month, I didn't do anything. I didn't go out. I did nothing. Um, so, it kind of allowed me to settle into how I was feeling. It allowed me to process the things that are coming up. And it gave me the mindset of like, hey, I'm gonna be like in this space for about a month. So let me let me just be with it instead of not telling anybody because I was ashamed of it, and then people were like, "You want to go out for a drink?" And that's what was so much happened in the past, where I would like set in my mind I was like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm not going to drink," but I wouldn't tell anybody. And then somebody would be like, "Oh, you want to go for a glass of wine?" And be like, "Ah, oh, sure." And then the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm just such a failure!" Like I'm sitting here having a drink, and I said I wasn't going to have a drink. So instead of that, I told everybody like, "I am not having a drink. I'm not doing anything this month." Like so, it, the expectation was set. Um, after that, when I slowly began incorporating it again, not incorporating alcohol, but just like going out and being in social situations. I started just like, I found some alternatives to drinking. So I would just do like cappuccinos, which um, doing them. I had a lot of cappuccinos between like six and eight o'clock at night, which is not the best, but it was better, right? It was the healthier, healthier right? or quote it alternative. It was the better choice for me in that moment. I found other things. Um, I tried some non-alcoholic liquors. Like I found a mezcal, which I actually really like. Um it's actually it's really good it's the brand is called monday i'm not an affiliate not a sponsor like nothing i just really really liked that brand i'll link in the show notes if you're interested there was another one i think it was called curious elixirs where you do like a subscription and they send you like i think they send you five um mocktails one was like my absolute favorite was it was a smoked cherry chocolate old-fashioned so good just put it over like my ice cube so it was like i was replacing the alcohol um with other things. So I would have like kombucha in a wine glass. Right. So it was like I was kind of like giving myself a little bit of those things uh, of the habits. Right. But in different forms. So there was no alcohol, but I was drinking from the wine glass. There was no bourbon, but I was drinking it from my little rocks glass with a stone in there. And so I, I was kind of replacing it with those things slowly when I started reintroducing it. Um, The first date I went on, I was really, really nervous. And it was it was a little bit difficult watching them drink, and me just having water, I think I had club soda or with some lime juice or something like that, which is one thing I love now. Just get club soda, bitters. Yes, bitters has a little bit of alcohol, but um, but it's like put like three drops. So I do bitters, lime juice, and soda water, and I love it. That's like my go-to drink now, like when I go out. But what started happening was that every time I would go out and say no and be able to show up as myself and face my shadows, because to be honest, a lot of shadows came up. It's unavoidable. Um, I would go home and I would meditate on it and I would journal on it. And at the end of that, I would feel so empowered, though, like to be able to come home and be like, I did that shit. Like, I was just me tonight. Like, I didn't have to numb out or I was able to just show up as I am. My emotions started to neutralize. My emotions started to stabilize because... Alcohol, like, honestly, it's like the two, I think it's like the two day thing. Like you, if you drink, it's like the, the for two days, like your emotions, are just like all over the place. And so I was having more neutral emotions. I'm now able to stay up a little bit later. I still really like to sleep early. It's just a thing. I love to be like tonight. It is now nine 15 and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get in bed by 10. Um, but I, I'm able to be more productive when it comes to this. Spend more time with my kids So when I pick them up until about 8 30 is my time for them Whereas before I was trying to cram things in during that time so that I can drink But then if I drank I would feel like shit the next day Even if I only had one or two, right? Because I was just so tired and my body was just like dehydrated and I was like that Um, so i'm able to stay up a little bit more now and be more productive in the evening and spend more times with my time with my kids um because i'm not having the drinks and um but yeah, so I just started to feel more empowered in that. And even I spoke to somebody last weekend and they were like, oh, well, if I invite you to do something in, in like a few weeks, are you going to have a drink? And I was like, no, because it's just like it did take a long time to, to like get it out of my system, I guess. And, and I know that there's a number of how long it takes for you to actually like, quote unquote, detox from alcohol. I don't remember how much it is, but it's like months. It, it's a while for your body to actually like like get it out, fully out of your system. And I feel like the first time that I gave up alcohol, I didn't quite reach that point. And now I feel like, especially for the last month, like over Christmas, my mom was like, oh, well, I, I got you this sparkling water or I got you this sparkling mocktail, um, just so just so you feel like you're drinking. And I like so genuinely appreciate what she was trying to do. But I also was like, I don't need to feel like I'm drinking anymore. Like that is not what I'm chasing. And but I will say my sugar and I've talked about it on here before. My sugar intake has gone up. <laughs> uh, I'm like trying to get a hold on it. And th- this week too, I was like, my sugar. I was like eating cookies all the time. And then I got my period on the new moon, so I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's what that's about. But I really try and m- be mindful of my sugar intake, when I, especially like processed sugars, fake sugars. But but yeah, in social situations, I would say it's 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 difficult. It is difficult, and I think like being verbal with the people that you're closest to and especially you know for for me dating I, I make it clear if somebody asks me to go for a drink or if we're talking I make it clear that I don't drink because I guess I just don't want the awkwardness of like showing up and then not drinking and then getting the questions which I'm kind of used to that because like being vegan I've been vegan for 12 years and a lot of people are like why why do you do that And I'm, so I'm used to like that sort of question and a lot of people since I've don't drink anymore. I've been like, why? I've actually gotten a lot more people who are like, wow, you know, like that's actually really cool. That's really commendable. And I'm like, oh, it kind of takes me back. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was one of the questions. And, and you know what? It, it, it is difficult. And I I think what works for me was definitely that window of like telling those people closest to me like, hey, like this is what I'm doing. Um, I love you. I'm just letting you know. Uh, so please don't ask me for a drink or, you know, whatever. And then even when it was getting closer to November, like there were some people who were like, oh, it's almost November 1st. Let's go out for a drink. And I was just like, you know what? I think I'm OK. I think I'm going to keep this going. Um, you know, I don't get invited out as much anymore, which kind of really hurt in the beginning. But also, um, although I value those people, I think that it's just not where I'm at in my life right now. And that's OK. Um, it doesn't make me any less worthy. And I think that's one of the biggest shadows that comes up for me personally, not drinking is like, I'm not cool or "I'm I'm boring or whatever those shadowy aspects that come up. But then I'm like, but then I have conversations with people you know, about astrology or I get into things that I like and they're just like fascinated, right? And people, just, like somebody the other day was just like, oh my gosh, like does, does everybody tell you like how much like what you say, like what I can not remember what it was you're we talking about astrology. And I was just like, of course the Leo in me loves it. <laughs> but so, so yeah, so you get more. And like now it's like, I just have that in me where I'm like, I can look at my anxiety more, right? It can when, I, when it does flare up, I can, like today I had a moment where I got like, I felt really disappointed slash angry for like a m um, um like for maybe like three minutes I was walking around in that state. And then I just shifted. And I was like, you know what? I trust that this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And whatever for whatever reason, this is exactly what's supposed to be happening right now. And it was so much easier to be like, huh, okay, cool. And then move on, right? As opposed to like when I was just always feeling anxious because of the drinks or or not and and I will say like I this is like 30 something minutes right now, but the biggest thing I've gotten out of this is my connection with my intuition. It has deepened incredibly. My I'm currently in a psychic uh, development program course, intuitive immersion course. And as we're going through it, I'm like, damn, I'm actually kind of (laughs) psychic. Like, I just, I never trusted it before, but now it's like, I'm seeing where I'm channeling information. I'm seeing where I'm downloading information. I'm seeing where I'm connecting with myself and the cosmos. And, and it's just, it is so beautiful. And I feel like, like a couple weeks ago, I had a meditation where I literally felt high. It was just like, whoa, what is like, what is happening right now? And so it's just like this really cool experience and to be able to do that completely on my own which leads me to another question that I got about plant medicine um what do I think about plant medicine so I have microdosed in the past I do occasionally um I currently um I'm not only because I don't have a scale <laughs> I don't want to like overdo it um but yeah I I do I think and here's the thing um when I look at my experience a few weeks ago with this meditation where I literally felt like I was high like absolutely felt like I was high and I was like what in reflecting on that and I was having a conversation with somebody I was like yeah I could get there from from mushrooms or I can get there from like whatever psychedelic or plant medicine that, that I and it's like and this this is the way it was explained to me a while ago too it's like psychedelics or plant medicine it's like you're seeing what's possible behind a window right You're seeing it. You're having the experience. You're so close. You can even, it might even be a a screen where you can smell, right? You can taste some of the experiences, but there's still something between you and the other side. Whereas I feel like if you do it sober, like that experience that I had a few weeks ago, which was like literally the first experience of like, like that, that I've ever had to know that like I have that capable inside of me and that is my own internal experience with source, with the beyond, with the universe, with whatever terminology you want to use, that was like a firsthand experience, right? And I think I think that plant medicine really helps you know that it's possible, and I think it gives you experiences. And I do believe that some people, some people can just go in there with plant medicine and just like chisel the fuck out of a rock and like figure out like all their shadows that, that, that are coming up and be able to process through it. And I think that's incredible. I also think that, that we're not constantly living in that state either, right? And to be able to like sort of get there on your own and have those experiences on your own are equally as important. So you know, I think I think whatever works for you. I think plant medicine is incredibly powerful. I think it's been used for centuries, right? Ancient civilizations, cultures used it. And the difference with that is, and I think this is where it, it comes to like doing it with intention. Ancient civil ancient cultures or indigenous cultures that use plant medicine, when they use plant medicine in ceremony, it, there's been a lot of preparation for it, right? They are preparing spiritually, and mentally, emotionally, physically. They are preparing their body and their their soul and their essence for this experience. And it's not to say that if you go have an ayahuasca experience, it's it's not going to be profound and powerful. I think that this is my own personal experience. I think the preparation – to have an experience like that that is used in indigenous cultures and ancient civilizations and whatever is really powerful as well because it's it supports you in that experience and integrating that experience um so i'm not against it in any way again i think we're all uniquely different we have all unique needs and i know my myself personally i microdose and i shy away from like a full-on big dose for reasons of fear but i'm also looking that at that and being like huh Why do I feel that way, right? Like, probably having a full-on, like, five grams in the dark, like, might be a really intense experience and shake up a lot of stuff and really help me heal and move on my journey. But I also have to trust in my body, and that maybe for me, it's just a slower process. That is what is for me. And when I feel at the point where I'm like, okay, I've done all of this work now, and now I feel like I'm at this space, the fear won't be there be, won't, the fear won't be there anymore, and I'll know that I'm ready for that experience, if that makes sense. Um, and again, we're all, we're all unique individuals. If you feel like an ayahuasca experience is for you, then like all, all for it, right? Like go in with an intention. Set your intention, have the experience, you know, do some healing work and, and, and see what happens see how, you know, and I, the only thing I say is like, if you are using plant medicine in that sense, I would make sure you're doing it with somebody who has experience, somebody who can support you in whatever comes up. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be my, my personal viewpoint on that. And then another question that I got, is there a correlation between any of the profiles in human design and abusing st- substances? Now, I will say what I've listened from Ra, he talks about the 6'3 profile, and he says a lot of 6'3 profiles don't live past their 20s. I'm a 6'3, gratefully. I'm 36, so I've made it through. Um, and the reason, he says, is not because they're out there like killing themselves or like anything like that, but they get so wrapped up in the substances. They get so wrapped up in the alcohol and the drugs, and it's not like they're intentionally out there being like, I'm going to die, and that's not the other thing. Um, but they get really wrapped up into that. And so I would actually be curious. I've never really looked at um, any of the like the celebrities that have died really young. Like I've never looked at their profile, so I have no idea. Um, but I know that that's what he says. You know, the 6-3 operates as a 3-3 for the first 30 years of its life. And, you know, I would say that it probably to an extent also relates to the 3-6 as well, because for those first 30 years we're operating as a 3-3. The difference is that that third line, the body and the conscious side. But either way, that for the for 30 years, you are absolute trial and error. You are absolute bonds made and broken. You're absolute failure. I mean, you're falling down. Life's bumping into you. It's it is it is chaos. It is chaos. And so yeah, the six three profile. I would definitely say there's some substance abuse and addiction correlated to the 6-3 profile. And even further, I would say, so of course, like astrology, I'm going to say Pisces. <laughs> Pisces for sure. If you have any, everyone has Pisces within them. I'll say that. Everybody has Pisces somewhere in their chart. You might not have planets in Pisces. You might have Pisces in, I don't know, seventh house of relationships, Um but like noticing where it's at in your chart. So again, like I said, for me, Pisces in the eighth house, drug, sex and rock and roll like that kind of <laughs> speaks a little bit to addiction and codependence. It's also about death, the occult, um, all, sort of all the deep, dark things. And then in my 12th house. So Pisces rules the 12th house. So you want to look at where Pisces is, is in your chart. And then what's in the 12th house, because those, those are sort of the Pisces-ruled areas. Um, so yes, of course, Pisces. And if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you notice a little bit more like codependent addictive patterns coming up now, it's because Pisces is, we're in Pisces season. So think those themes te- tend to come up. And I also want to touch on Saturn moving into Pisces before this episode ends, but I'll soak all around to that. And then further going back to human design, so the G-Center. Do you have an undefined or open G-Center? Because I would say when I look at a human design chart, like if I'm thinking about addiction to substance abuse, it's going to be the G-Center and probably the spleen. Um, The G-Center is related to the liver. And so when you are, if you have an undefined and open G-Center, you probably are more likely to benefit from being sober um, because it literally affects your liver. And of course, if you're either way, the G-Center is tied to the liver but it's more specifically for those undefined and um, open G centers. And within that, because you're constantly doubting your lovability, right? You're constantly, you're a chameleon. So you sort of fit into all these different situations. And so the draw to alcohol might be more so that you can fit into those situations if you're feeling the insecurities and the shadows of that center. I say the spleen because the spleen is, is, it's fear, it's survival in its health. And if you have an undefined or open spleen, part of your shadow is not knowing what to let things go. It's holding on to things that no longer serve you. And so I say like addiction and codependence, more so codependence, which I think if you're codependent, you probably have addictive tendencies. Um, so codependent behaviors can definitely come up when it comes to um, the spleen and human design. So I would look at those two. But as far as just like profiles, definitely the 6-3. Of course, look at Pisces. Um, what's in Pisces? What's in the 12th house? And then do you have an undefined G Center or spleen. So those are the two things that I would definitely say for human design. So um so yeah, I mean that that is my journey. Those are the things that I'm learning. I would say just approach it with curiosity. I could go into all of the details of like how it's bad for your body and what it does to your body. But I think we all know that it's not good for our bodies. I think we use the excuse that, oh, red wine is good for you. It's got all the polyphenols and and whatever else. But it's like the amount of wine that you would have to drink to actually benefit from that. And then of course they add sugars into the wine, which is a whole other thing. And um I just like tap into yourself, right? Like I, I know for me at the end of when I right before I gave up drinking. I would just feel like a tingling and a, like a numbing sensation around my body and my on my aura because I was starting to get more in tune with my body sensations, my body responses. Um, you know, now when I drop in, I'm like going through the layers of, you know, my physical body, my emotional body, my mental body, my spiritual body, and just like, you know, energetically aligning those. And I think like really tuning into those was telling me before like something wasn't right, something didn't feel right. And so, yeah, really tuning into your body, seeing the shadows as they come up. And it's challenging. And so having something as a replacement, so whether it's kombucha, um, whether it's coffee, whether it's tea, um, having something, you know, and of course, like switching up our, our our habits. So that's why I would say like if you are wanting to do it, like let people that are close to you know. And I think that can be a shadow in itself um, and know that a lot of times the response that people get when you don't drink. I think it is very confronting for people because they then have to face their own drinking or they feel like you're judging them, which really means that they're judging themselves. I always say that whatever anybody says to you, pretend like you have a mirror in front of you. My therapist told me this years ago when I first started my journey and I absolutely love it and I take it with me today. But yeah, it, it is confronting for some people and you will encounter that, especially when you're entire social life revolved around alcohol um you may lose some friends because you know you realize that maybe you're not aligned in this space in this um oh my gosh this phase (laughs) the word just gave me this phase of life um so yeah it's i sleep better i make better decisions i feel better my skin has gotten better um I don't even like, even when it comes to my period, like I don't get cramps. I like don't have PMS other than, like I said, like I noticed that like I'll have like an extra cookie and I'm like, why do I want so much sugar? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's why. Um, I like, I have better discernment. My connections, my friendships are more aligned. I'm eating healthier. Um, so yeah, it's just, and it just, honestly, it just feels so fucking good to be within my own energy as myself. I feel so much more confident and it's not to say like don't get nervous or have anxiety because like I said like there was somebody I saw like last weekend and I found myself in that anxious place of like how I used to be but I was able to like actually look at it and ask why and then just be able to trust my body to be like hmm my body has like responded this way a lot of times with this person so maybe we should listen to it Um, and then I think like yeah like people you're going to call in from then on. Are just going to be more aligned to you. Um, and then sort of circling back, I did want to like touch on Saturn. So we have um, Pisces season. We have Saturn moving into Pisces. And then in, in March, Pluto's moving into Aquarius. And I'll get into that later. But Saturn um, going into Pisces is March 7th. And so I'm trying to see. I don't know what date that is. So this, is, this episode's coming out on the 23rd. And so the, yeah, I've got a couple weeks before the 7th. But anyway, so Saturn's moving into Pisces and Saturn is all about boundaries and structure and Pisces is boundary less. It is watery, it is sensitive, it is psychic, it is fluid. So it is kind of like the opposite of everything that Saturn is. I put a reel out on TikTok um, about what I was channeling when it came to this energy and i think there's a lot of like um i don't want to say doom and gloom but there 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 is it's gonna create some chaos for sure because when you have something that is boundaryless and you're coming in you're trying to set boundaries it's asking you to restructure things it's asking you to face things and there's going to be resistance on both sides but i also saw this like really gentle energy when it came to saturn like kind of like nourishing or not nourishing but just sort of like holding pisces through this shift and this change um, and so I think, like, of course, there's a light and a dark of everything. There's a duality in everything. And so there's going to be some intense, like, chaos and, and and shadows coming up. And I also think there's a chance for some beautiful energy to come out of it. Um, I even noticed yesterday because the Saturn was conjunct the moon yesterday for the new moon. So I'm recording this on Monday. So yesterday for the new moon. And... I like woke up that morning and I was like, I got to clean my house because my internal needs to match my external and this just is not doing it. And so I like clean my house and then I realized like, oh, that's what the Saturn is calling for, right? Like Saturn is making us face our shadows to be like, oof, one of my big shadows is my house. Like the, the, like, keeping it tidy and like cleaning up after the kids and I get frustrated with it and whatever. But it's just like, but yeah, if I actually spent the extra time to like just maintain it on a daily basis, I wouldn't get to those points where I'm just like, ah, like (laughs) I'm so tired of cleaning, Um, which of course I'm like always gonna have to clean. But, but yeah, so anyway, that's just um, noticing when that comes up and this has been a really long episode. Uh, So I, I hope that you found value out of this. I, this has been like massively transformational on my journey Again, it's been five months um, and I just, I feel like I've like fully released it. And that's not to say that there's not sometimes like, um, you know, I was watching somebody drink a glass of wine like last week and I was like, oh, you know, like I kind of miss that. But but then I think about how I feel. Then I think about how good I'm sleeping. Then I think about all the decisions I'm making and how my business is moving and my podcast is moving. And I'm just like, gosh, like, no, this feels good. This feels good feel so much I'm going to bed so many more days where I feel satisfied right where I feel joy where I feel aligned and I'm like ah this is what it's about so again everybody's got their own journey um and so I hope this, I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, if you are starting this journey or you're curious, please reach out to me. I'm like more than happy to have these conversations if you need support, if you need guidance, like 100 percent My Instagram is at Rochelle.christian. I'm like, I'm DM me over on there. I'm on TikTok, TikTok, TikTok at Rochelle.christian as well. I throw a lot of human design, attachment theory um, information over there. Website is RochelleChristian.com. I do one-on-one human design sessions, uh, human design coaching, and then I have an HD attached program, which is a 12-week program where we combine human design and attachment theory. We really just go through, find your shadows, make some subconscious reprogramming to help you align more with your body, get in tune with your body, all the things. It is such a beautiful process. I just finished up um, one of the 12-week program. And it was just such a beautiful experience. Um, And then I also have a membership that is starting in March. I'm going to put the link down now because if you join this month and I'm honestly like I just just like sort of finalized everything and I have this like hesitation and this fear to like put it out there. um, But I actually but it's an exciting hesitation and fear. So I'm putting it out there for the first time um, right now. But um, yeah, so it is called HD Decoded. And I, every single month, there's going to be themes. So of course, we're going to start off basic. So it's going to be type, strategy, and authority. We're going to go through those. We're going to dig into different layers. This, your sun sign, your moon sign, your nodes, like really, really decode the your design. And we're going to spend a whole month on a specific theme. And we're going to really, really dive into it. We're really going to dig down. I'm going to share resources in there. We're going to have a monthly Q&A call where you can come with your chart and ask questions. And We can share our experiences and what we're learning and really, really integrate your design. And again, always circling back to the basics because I think it's so helpful. And sometimes there's just like these aha moments that you get from going back to the basics. So that is available if you do sign up. So it is going to be officially launched. I wanna do it like Aries season. So it's gonna be officially launched March 21st is when it officially, officially starts. But if you join before March 21st, if you join between now and March 20th, so over the next month, you will also get a 30 minute one-on-one session with me, We'll dive into your human design kind of like set you up for the program um if you decide to join in six months all the monthly themes are going to be archived in there there's gonna be a resource libraries so you're not missing out on anything you can kind of go as you like you're also going to get the hd 101 course that's available um being in that membership and then any other courses that i add up on there um, are going to be accessible through the program so That link is down below. If you're interested, if you have any questions, reach out to me. And yeah, I, again, I hope this episode was supportive. I would love to hear your feedback. So reach out to me. Email address is below. All the information you need is down below. Um, Yeah, I will speak to you guys all next week and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week.